0: The ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money. Shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. <laughs> oh boy, Super Tuesday. I got myself down here live, live on the air for Super Tuesday. <laughs> Do your duty, boys and girls. Vote early and vote often. God bless the United States of America. (laughs) May she wave. Be a good citizen and remember that civilization is not a frill. It is necessary to hang on to the last shreds of democracy, the last hopes for a nation of. Equals, You remember that one? You remember that one? All men are created equal. Women, too. Women, too, have applied for full citizenship once upon a time. I'm not sure how that's going just at the moment. International Women's Month is March. We got a month, right? I think the 8th is our all day, uh, venting, uh, uh, still, still trying to pass the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. Now, without without the ERA, we, that is women, could be declared outlaws, an executive order, you know. Hitler did that, I think it was a Fairly early on early on after they uh, got rid of the Weimar uh, Republic, they, uh, well, Hitler, I guess, uh, they banned women from the Reichstag. They didn't want them around. Uh, I think there were secretaries. I don't know. But, you know, women couldn't be teachers and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, they, they just didn't want them around. They didn't want them telling anybody what to do. Ooh, anyway, okay, boys and girls. Yes, vote early, vote often, wash your hands, call your mother, say your prayers, <laughs> and when when the dust settles, yes, when the dust settles, study history, learn your place in time. Ah. Uh-huh. I think, I think, before I continue with my uh, venting here, uh, because it is Super Tuesday, I felt impelled, I mean impelled, uh, to uh, dig in my books last night and find definitions of socialism, you know, kind of of Bernie and... I, I'm never quite sure. I, all I keep hearing on the radio is that socialism is respectable again. And I'm not sure about that. But I went to my copy of The Intelligent Woman's Guide to uh, What Is It to Socialism and Capitalism by George Bernard Shaw. Now, this is published 1928 oh that's just eight years short of a century ago the intelligent woman's guide to socialism and capitalism by George Bernard Shaw you remember that old Irishman ah uh, not that he ever lived in Ireland but that's another story uh <laughs> George Bernard Shaw was the what is that the, the light of my life when I was younger but I don't Think well. Never mind. I just thought that it might be fun to take a look at what G. B. Shaw had to say about socialism. His, uh, well, let's let's call it his definitions. Uh, now he is speaking directly, directly to women, to a woman. And here's what he says. He says, "Dear lady, have you ever read?" St. Augustine. I mean, if you have, you will remember that he had to admit that the early Christians were a very mixed lot. Footnote here, I should say, uh, (laughs) George Bernard Shaw makes some comparisons between socialists and Christians, but we'll get to that later here. Uh, The early Christians were a very mixed lot and that some of them were more addicted to blackening their wives' eyes for tempting them and wrecking the temples of the pagans than to carrying out the precepts of the Sermon on the Mount. Indeed, you must have noticed that we modern Christians are still a very mixed lot and that it is necessary to hang a certain number of us every year for our country's good. (laughs) Now, I will be as frank as St. Augustine and admit that the professed socialists are also a very mixed lot and that if joining them meant inviting them indiscriminately to tea, I should strongly advise you not to do it (laughs) as they are just like other people which means that some of them steal spoons when they get a chance. <laughs> I'll jump down here to the next, next page where he says, uh, Shaw, George Bernard Shaw back in, oh, the early 20th century, he's writing about socialism and he's addressing his remarks to women, he says to the lady. There are a great many people who call themselves socialists, who do not clearly and thoroughly know what socialism is. They would be shocked and horrified if you told them that you were in favor of dividing up the income of the country equally between everybody, making no distinction between lords and laborers, babies in arms, and able-bodied adults, "'Drunkards and teetotalers, archbishops and sextons, sinners and saints. "'Now, they, that is socialists, uh, those who call themselves socialists, "'they would assure you that all this is a mere ignorant delusion of the man in the street "'and that no educated socialist believes such crazy nonsense.' What they want, they will tell you, is equality of opportunity. By which I suppose they mean that capitalism will not matter if everyone has an equal opportunity of becoming a capitalist. Though how that equality of opportunity can be established without (laughs) equality of income, they cannot explain. Equality of opportunity is impossible. Give your son a fountain pen and a ream of paper. Tell him that he now has an equal opportunity with me of writing plays and see what he will say to you. Do not let yourself be Deceived by such phrases or by protestations that you need not fear socialism because it does not really mean socialism. It does. And socialism means equality of income and nothing else. He goes on for another page or two defining these so-called communists, uh, uh, socialists. Uh, uh, let's see, oh, 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 it's too many, too many of the, uh, well, too many of the definitions here <laughs> is, uh, contradict themselves. What what Shaw uh, says, he goes on to say about all of these so-called socialists. He says. Clever as they all are, if they do not mean equality of income, they mean nothing that will save civilization. I will repeat that. That is his conclusion here, talking about the socialists. Clever as they all are, if they do not mean equality of income, They mean nothing that will save civilization. The rule that subsistence comes first and virtue afterwards is as old as Aristotle and as new as this book. (laughs) New 92 years ago, but I will repeat that because I remember writing it down when I was a little uh, undergraduate little school girl. Uh, here it is. Yes, yes, yes. The rule that subsistence comes first and virtue afterwards is as old as Aristotle and as new as this book. That simply means to say, yes, uh, as it fair old Breck, says, first, first feed the face and then talk right and wrong. That's what Bertolt Brecht says. Anyway, uh, George Bernard Shaw goes on to write, The communism of Christ, of Plato, and of the great religious orders all take equality in material subsistence for granted as the first condition of establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth. Whoever has reached this conclusion by whatever path is a socialist, and whoever has not reached it is no socialist, though he or she may profess socialism or communism in passionate harangues from one end of the country to the other, even suffering martyrdom for it. And so now you know, whether you agree with it or not, exactly what socialism is and why it is advocated so widely by thoughtful and experienced people in all classes. Also, you can distinguish between the genuine socialists and this curious collection of anarchists, syndicalists, nationalists, radicals, and malcontents of all sorts who are ignorantly classed as socialists or communists or Bolshevists because they are all hostile to the existing state of things, Uh, as well as the professional politicians or careerists who are deserting liberalism for labor because... They think the liberal ship is sinking. Aha, aha, You are qualified to take at its proper value the nonsense that is talked and written every day by anti-socialist politicians and journalists. Yes, they have never given five minutes serious thought to the subject. I'm going to go back and repeat. Oh, it's very difficult to get these ideas across, but... I think that Shaw, uh, I mean, he hits you over the head with a hammer, and then some people don't know uh, <laughs> whether they've been hit or not. Yes. Subsistence comes first, virtue afterwards. Gotcha. First feed the face and then talk right and wrong, says Bertolt Brecht. Uh, the communism of Christ and of Plato and of the great religious orders all take equality in material subsistence for granted as the first condition of establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth. Whoever has reached this conclusion by whatever path is a socialist and whoever has not reached it is no socialist though he or she may profess socialism or communism in passionate harangues from one end of the country to the other. Right. Now, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure whether Bernie Sanders would go along with George Bernard Shaw. That is not my problem. But (laughs) I'm sure that most of the socialists that are around today Uh, would argue with George Bernard Shaw and they would have all of his uh, uh, all of his what is it definitions of the sort of people who say they are socialists but when it comes right down to it they uh, (laughs) they want nothing to do with equality true equality ah yes something we've been working on for oh uh, shoot let's say uh 2000 years i i just don't know i just don't know uh i've uh, just a few minutes i got into a, a real tizzy uh uh listening to the uh, pundits this week and uh i just i just can't help yammering about it uh i I'm upset about this pandemic, about this global epidemic. I I just can't stop wondering. <laughs> Whatever happened to our Surgeon General? Uh, anyway, it is March the third. Mark your calendars, and then look again. Look again in March of two thousand and twenty-one, and reflect on the past. Study history, yes. reflect on medieval masses. Ah oh, yes, yes, yes. The last thing I read, um something about fourteenth century Europe, right. Uh, it, it it set forth the idea that when half the population is wiped out during a scourge of the Black Plague, uh This tragic loss of so many left the rest so rich, so very, very rich. Well, that's the wrong word. Uh, It's just that so much land and property and livestock fell into the hands of so few. uh, Those who were left to benefit uh, when the uh, (laughs) earlier owners died, yes. Inheritance was immediate. Uh, Now, not in our country at this time (laughs) does anything like that promise to come our way in our economy today. We seem to be under dire threat. That's what I hear on uh, the The media, the mass media, is all about who can or cannot uh, take an airplane or go to school. Anyway, as always, our government, our administration, uh, all those in charge of our well-being, they have dropped the ball. Same old, same old. Uh, Apparently, there was a two-month window, according to the CDC, that is Center for Disease Control. A spokesman uh, pointed out that it was last December, right, when a Chinese health worker, I believe a doctor, right, warned the National uh, Health Organization, the A, the NHO, that yes, yes, this was serious. This was for real. Now it's time to panic. That was in December. And um, it is at that moment that the uh, the little whistle blew. Time to get ready, time to cope with this this situation as best they could. Uh, oh that individual, the whistleblower back in December, uh, has since died of the virus, the new the new virus. They have several names. Or it is coronavirus. Anyway, I think that it is very interesting that we do not learn from experience. We now we know we know that that is the custom. It is the custom, uh, and it isn't just uh, in this country. Although we seem to, to have a, a a real jump on it. Uh, someone said, probably I believe George Bush the second that it was a lot easier uh, if you could be a dictator and of course in China it is easier to get organized and put things uh, uh, what is that uh, in their proper places so that you can take care of uh, people who are ill and quarantine the ones that uh, are what is that in danger of spreading the virus but You really do need to make rules and tell people to follow them. Now, I don't think that will happen in America because we have freedom. Now, I swear I haven't heard from the Surgeon General. It must be around somewhere. Now, surely, surely there must be some medical men and women, some people to tell us what we need to do, to prepare for what might be a pandemic. Need someone to tell us if this virus, uh, well, if it can reinfect, I mean, if we uh, go through the, uh, well, suppose we get sick, and then uh, yeah, we get better, and they do manage to test us, and they say, yes, the dual virus is at home, yes, can you then reinfect And are you still, uh, what is that, are you still contagious? Round and round it goes. What are the differences between the new virus and the flu? Uh, I don't know. The thought that the virus can come back and keep coming back for a second assault, it's quite terrifying to me. Uh, Those of us who have, uh, problem with the flu, you know, we're the sort of people who catch the flu once and then we have it for a year, you know. Uh, that is quite terrifying prospect anyway. I still think that since we're paying the taxpayers or paying a surgeon general, some of these guys sh- should, should get busy and speak to the people educate the public. I mean, Mike Pence, that is the VP Mike Pence, is just about the last authority uh, on public policy at a time like this. Uh, You remember Mike Pence is the one who denied uh, needles to AIDS patients. Uh, uh, Another one of the guys who has not read uh, As Shaw says, you know, they're they're absolutely and completely ignorant of what's going on. They wouldn't give it five minutes of their attention. That's what Shaw says. And that was 92 years ago. Okay. Oh, wash your hands, boys and girls. Wash your hands. That is the best advice, the best advice uh, for a couple centuries now. I remember back in the day, uh, infections, infections, terrible, terrible infections. Uh, I think that the, the worst, it's Semmelweis, the man who went insane, had to go into the asylum because he could not get the doctors to wash their hands. Uh, no, uh, we don't want the bugs to attack our immune systems. But, of course, it's always long after the fact. Back in the 19th century, women were dying all over the, the hospital wards, thousands of them, because the doctors were unwilling to use a little soap and water. There were even reports that some health workers, doctors, nurses, whatever, handled the dead, that is, cadavers, you know, Um, dead bodies and then attended women in childbirth Mm -hmm. Florence Nightingale down in the Crimea during the Crimean War right she went down there and she scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and I have no idea whether she really understood the uh, the germ theory of disease I think yes she she may have just Instinctively known that if things were clean, it helped people get better. The soldiers uh, who were injured died more quickly of uh, sepsis and so forth uh, uh, than they did of their wounds. Takes a woman to figure this out, a nurse, Florence Nightingale, the mother of modern hygiene health care. I remember being raised, well, my father was a a doctor, and this business of cleaning the dirt out from under your fingernails was kind of a, well, it was, what would you call that? Uh, It was a rule that was so, so serious. I remember once getting really bad infection, and it went creeping up my my hand, my arm I very loud nail polish on <laughs> my father took one look and he said you know, people die of this stuff uh, I don't know uh, immaculate uh, immaculate hospital care oh dear I want a mask now I got one today I see it here Ah, oh, it seems to be the polite thing to use, especially in crowds and airplanes and around food. Now, my dear producer, Laura Privis, she brought me a mask. She says that I can use this. She's had it for a long time. She didn't have to go out and buy one. Apparently, the price is going through the roof. I think that's silly, but it that's what they're saying, uh, They're just too expensive now. But Laura is our Ernst sometimes program director here at KPFA. Uh, She was a full-time program director for a long, long time. Now she is a sometime program director. She helps me get my stuff together and make tapes and all that. I couldn't function without her. And now that she's given me this mask, I want her to help me dress it up so that we look like Mardi Gras. I don't want anything too bleak because <laughs> we got to proceed with caution. Don't panic. It may be necessary, folks, to take care of each other. Maybe more than we're used to doing in the past. Uh, This has been Jennifer Stone. Um, Oh, I had so many more stories to tell you today. I'll be back again, I hope, next Tuesday. Until then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Pacifica bylaws referendum is underway and as a member you have a right to vote on whether to replace the current bylaws with the proposed bylaws. Some proponents assert that drastic change is necessary in the face of steady financial decline and a significant loss of listenership at some stations. Some opponents claim there is a secret plan to sell off one or more stations such as WBAI in New York and use the proceeds to prop up the remaining stations. For more info, visit elections.pacifica.org or leave a message on 510-931-7504. Be sure to cast your ballot by 1159 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on March 19th.